Hello and welcome to episode 238 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley. As always, I'm joined by Bryson, and as always, I'm joined by Jacob. It's been a while since we last chatted. We're still dealing with the collective grief and trauma of that final wildcard game, but here we are exactly two weeks later trying to dig through it, trying to deal with it. We've got an exciting episode this week, but before we get to any of that, Bryson, Jacob, how are you guys? Well, I I, I would think um, most of myself is over uh, the playoff loss. Of course, there's still a couple of stuff that's bothering me, but yeah, it's been it's been quite a long layoff, and um, I guess enjoying the rest of the MLB postseason. Um, I'm not sure how much you guys are watching, but um, definitely some entertaining games that are going on right now. So it'll be fun to kind of relive this Blue Jay season and kind of just show how or how difficult it truly is to predict stuff that will happen in a full season. So I guess that's what we're uh, going to revisit today, and it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, honestly, I've been watching more of the playoffs than I thought I was, and I don't know if I said this on air, but I said I wasn't going to watch any. But I don't know. It's been the at least the championship series, the Phillies and the Padres. That's been a great one. But it's hard to think. Two weeks ago, two weeks today, actually, on Saturday, we were watching what could have been one of the greatest playoff games in Blue Jay history. And now we're sitting here recapping the season because it is over. So, and the Leafs still suck. <laughs> no, no comment. No comment. To, Raptors are, are winning the chip. Anyways, moving on. Let's recap what we just said about this season. Speaking of stupid predictions, um, yeah, we're going to be taking a look at all the dumb predictions we had at the start of the season. This episode, it's an annual episode we do. It can also be called the "Look How Dumb We Are" episode because. None of us ever look good in this episode after predicting stuff at the start of the season. We made these predictions on April 5th, a couple days before opening day. And if anyone wants to go back and listen to that episode before we get into any of this, it's episode 189. You can check it out and listen to everything we had to say then. But a little preview of how things are going to work today. We're going to be going back through each of our predictions. And then at the end of each prediction, we're going to be deciding who got it most wrong and whoever got it most wrong gets a point against them in the loon meter and whoever at the end has the most points against them is going to be considered the biggest (laughs) the biggest loon of this episode so that's what we've got going today but before we get to any of that we do have some news we need to talk about the blue jays extending john schneider giving him a three-year deal with an option team option for 2026 this was a little bit strange it felt weird that the blue jays didn't announce it immediately in the postseason press conference however they took two weeks they considered it and now he's a long-term manager two questions for you guys quickly to knock out before we get to the predictions um why did it take so long to make this announcement and how do you feel about the length of the deal well first of all We learned that in those two weeks, the Blue Jays, Ross Atkins, Mark Shapiro sat down with John Schneider and had a whole philosophy meeting before they gave him the deal. Because although to many it makes sense why he was the the manager, why he's the next step or seemingly the next step, they did want to fully iron things out and go through their due diligence. And I think that's why it took so long. And it's, I think for a three-year deal, not too bad. I mean could go either way i feel like this is one where you're not going to give him a one-year deal that doesn't really make any sense and two years you know you could have done it but i think a three-year deal is fine it gives you the i mean when you think about it you got a lot of your key players right now still on the roster for those next three seasons it gives them time to work with them gives them a full season of a manager and then two more potentially i think it's a good deal and i think it, it makes sense considering 
what he was able to do with this team throughout the you know the the half of the season that he had this year. I will say I, I don't know if this is too soon, but um, I will share that Kevin Gosman is very happy about this. Uh, he put it on Twitter, and uh, you know, just kind of telling you guys, hey, John, uh, Kevin Gosman's fine with it, and I think um, you know, I, I don't know if he was ever mad at him for it, but it just kind of shows that you know, there's no hard feelings there. So. It was interesting with the timing too, Mark, because when Ross Atkins had his media thing, like he had a perfect opportunity to lay this one out and kind of just name a manager immediately. And I did find it a little strange, but at the same time, of course, you know, the general thing is we have no idea what happens behind closed doors. Like there is a very good chance this may have been agreed agreed to weeks prior and they were kind of just waiting for a perfect time to do it. But then, you know, you kind of wonder and then there's kind of reports about other kind of candidates. I know that there was the Mark Feinstein or Feinstand uh, tweet about Kevin Long being a potential candidate, and then he listed the Jays as a team. So perhaps while there was some smoke around that area, the Jays wanted to get ahead of it and name him that. I know there was, you know, I don't know if there was legitimate sources on it, but there was buzz about, you know, Terry Francona. I don't know how much or how true that was at all. And perhaps Schneider was their guy the entire time. I mean, and, and then they were kind of just finding out just I think the perfect time to announce it. We really don't know. But the thing is, is that it just felt like this was like, it just felt inevitable that John Schneider was going to be back. And we know the connection he has with the players. We know the changes he made uh, when he took over in the summer. And that, I think that's why it just, it made total sense for it. And I know we, you know, you can look at the contract or whatever in terms of the length. I really, when it comes to managers now, and I think we learned this a lot this year with all the changes just throughout the league in general, I really don't even look at the term anymore. Like, I think, I'm pretty sure Charlie Montoya was extended during spring training, if that even just shows you how, you that's, know. That's actually something we spoke about in our prediction episode when I was really? listening back to it this morning. Wow, okay. Well, I mean, it, it does show you, like, as much as, you know, he's he signed for three years or whatever, like, that's still not a, a guarantee of your security for those three years, so... Either way, though, I'm happy uh, they got it done. And unfortunately, because I'm sure you guys have seen some backlash, of course, on it that people didn't want him to come back. The thing that bothers me a little bit about this is that we are going to, or at least a good chunk of Blue Jays fans have forgotten the good he did taking over in the summer. And they're forever going to judge him on those two games, or at least for the next year. You're going to judge him on those two games, perhaps overthinking a little bit, maybe making one or two bad decisions. And, you know, I listened to one of his interviews yesterday. I think he was on Overdrive on uh, TSN. And he was already saying that there's already a couple things that he's looked at where, you know, in terms of, and he's hinted at, you know, defensive substitutions, who came out of the game. He says, you know, that's kind of one thing that I guess throughout these last couple of weeks, it's something that he is dwelling on. So, you know, I feel for him on that because as much as we were all a little frustrated at the time, he still, I think, in my opinion, is the right guy for this job, especially with this organization, this whole story. So I'm completely fine with them back. I'm glad they, gla- I'm glad they got that out of the way. And um, I'm also glad that Kevin Gosman supports the decision. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was always the not only the most obvious decision, but the most logical decision. Like, look, he did a really good job with this team, and there's no denying that. Like, you can look at that game two of the wild card and blame some of those decisions on him. And you can look at games and decisions down the stretch that maybe didn't go the Blue Jays way. But ultimately, this is a manager who came in with a team that's floundering, a team that was directionless, and he took them and went on a 101 win pace down the stretch. And he had two and a half very stressful months of managing in front of him, and he maneuvered it very well and maneuvered it to the point of 
being on pace for 101 wins. Like, you can't really look at that and knock it. I respect the Blue Jays for maybe looking elsewhere. It seems like... I, I really don't understand why it took them so long to announce this. I think the only solution to that is really the fact that they were looking elsewhere and maybe looking towards a team that was in the playoffs and waiting for that team to be eliminated so they could have discussions about whether this manager is a fit for the Blue Jays, whether this manager would come across and, uh, you know, travel to Toronto and, and manage the Blue Jays. And I think the most logical fit for that is Terry Francona based on the fact that Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins are both from Cleveland. And then Cleveland got eliminated couple days pass, and then the Blue Jays announced John Schneider as manager. Maybe that's connecting the dots a little bit too much. Maybe the Blue Jays are just a very process-oriented team and wanted to think through it a little bit. Who knows? A little bit strange that it took that long, but bottom line, John Schneider is a manager of this team for years to come. Most likely, as we saw with Charlie Montoyo, nothing is guaranteed, but it's most likely that he has an opportunity to oversee some of the most successful baseball in franchise history, hopefully. As we saw a couple weeks ago, things can go south very fast. But let's look back to April 5th, episode 189, when we predicted what would happen this year with the Toronto Blue Jays. And we could not have been more wrong, but we're going to enjoy it anyways. First off, um, just to get this out of the way, we were talking about the power rankings at the time. Major League Baseball in their final preseason power rankings had the Blue Jays at number two. Um... All three of us said it was a bit too generous. Jacob thought the Blue Jays were third or fourth. Bryson, you said, quote, teams can be overhyped at the beginning of this year and then fall off the rails, but you didn't think it would happen with the Jays, and you specifically said you didn't think they were going to act like the Toronto Maple Leafs, which I guess was a little bit of foreshadowing. That is well. Um, <laughs> but in terms of specific predictions, let's start with what we started that episode with. We had an over-under on George Springer games played. We set it at 140.5. I said that he would be under around 130. Bryson, you said he'd be under, but still right around 140. Jacob, you're the only one who took the over. You said he'd be at 145. In reality, George Springer ended around 133. I think regardless of what we predicted, this can still be taken as a success. I know he had trouble with his health both in his lower body and of course his elbow and his right arm later in the season but the fact that he did play 133 games after only getting into 78 last year in 2021 I think this season can be seen as a success from pure health standpoint and you look at war and we're going to get into this a little bit later but George Springer was among the leaders on the team in war so I think Regardless of our predictions and how we may have been close to the number, I think I was closest. I was three games off. Um, not to brag, but this is what this episode is about. But regardless, you can look at George Springer's health and take it as a success this year. The fact that he was able to get into this many games and still not be truly healthy, it I think it you know, you like you said, it has to be considered a success and I'm hoping, you know, this offseason goes well for him. I, we've he heard that there's going to be a lot of procedures p potentially going through with him and suffered a concussion. I think we discussed that in one of our episodes. I'm not sure if we did, but concussion is basically what happened to him. And I think there was also an elbow or shoulder sprain. So it's looking like he's going to be ready for spring training or at least the regular season. But I'm thinking this season, it, it wasn't even, you know, like it was a good season, I think, out of George Springer. He's one of the best leadoff hitters, I think, in baseball. Finishes the season, you know, 
I think you have to consider it a success. 269 average. That's what you want. You want somebody to get on base. You want those home runs. You want, you know, he's one of, I think, five Blue Jays to have 20 or more home runs, led the league or, or led the team in stolen bases. Like, if this is a non-healthy George Springer, I don't even want to see what a healthy George Springer would be because that I think he could easily become one of the league's MVPs. And I think the best part is, is he wants to be here. And I think he is one of the, I guess, what's the best way to put it? He's one of the standout, you know, personalities, I think, of the Blue Jays. Like, if you look at this fun team, the one with the home run jacket and all the, the, the this is my house and everything, all that type of stuff, like, he is, he is in the forefront of that. And it's good to see that guys like this want to be on that team. And I'm thinking, I'm just praying for a healthy season. And at least things were handled a lot better this season for him. And you're now hoping that going into 2023, the head issue is de dealt with, all of the sprains, any procedures that need to be done are done. And then we're looking to see what he can do as a hopefully fully healthy season. Yeah, yeah it's just with this, I've, I think, to be fair, like I just, this for the over-unders that Mark you were we were going over. I think actually this was a one of only two, but still, this to me felt very obvious. Like at the time when I made or when we, I guess you and I said the under, and even Jacob was still around um, the same mark, even though he went over. I just felt like this was very obvious, and the fact that as much as we couldn't really get a healthy, like I, if you want to just categorize the word healthy with him, I just for for me that was expected, but it was the way of how this team was going to manage it. And they went. They managed it well enough for him to be in that many games because this was obviously way off from last year. We got George Springer majority of the games. We know how good he was, and we know how good George Springer is. So it's no surprise about how his performance is uh, when he's healthy, or at least in a way to be in the lineup every day. And you know there was a couple stints maybe in the summer uh, with the elbow originally where he had to DH for literally consecutive weeks, and then he finally I think. It was either the end of July or August is when he finally went back to the outfield. And I remember even me saying at the time, like, you know, to be a little cautious when it comes to that because another bad or another jump or another dive, another throw could easily just throw off his elbow again. So kudos to the Jays for that. For me, this asks me an important question uh, for next year. And I, mean, I guess I can throw it at you guys quickly. It just you tend to see this from aging center fielders. And I think you know where I'm going with this. If if there's another way to keep George Springer or put him in a better position, how long do you guys think until we see him make a transition or maybe a slow transition over to right field? Because we saw that a lot this year when Bradley Zimmer came into the game as a defensive replacement. To me, I think it's inevitable that we're eventually going to get to that point where he's got to move over. But if that's going to keep him healthy, I'm fully supportive of it. And I think... You know, if it's not next year, maybe a couple years down the road, I think it's just something that we're heading towards in terms of him moving to a corner outfield position. Yeah, I think it's probably inevitable. And I don't know what the center field options are looking like on the free agent market and the trade market this offseason. But if there's someone available that could fit the Blue Jays' needs, certainly I think you pursue him. And if he comes relatively cheap, then I think that's something the Blue Jays do. And yeah, my concern with doing that is the fact that you then lose a DH spot for someone like Alejandro Kirk slash Danny Jansen or giving Vladdy a day off his feet or whatever it might be. But I think based on how good George Springer is, if you can get his bat in the lineup for those additional 29 games, you know, maybe that's a bit unrealistic him playing every day, but you know, maybe 25 extra games. I think that's ultimately probably something that's worth it to pursue in the offseason. Um, okay, the biggest loon on this question 
is Jacob. He was the farthest off, so he gets a point in his column. Um, I want to, heading into the next question, well, I'll leave this until we consider it, but the next prediction we made was Hinjin Ryu over under his ERA, and we put the over under at four on the dot. This is embarrassing for all of us. We all took the under. Um, I didn't give a specific range. Bryson, you said between 370 and 380. Jacob, you said under at 388. Turned out, Hinjin Ryu only made six starts. He only pitched 27 innings, and his ERA was 5.67. Uh, this was pretty brutal for all of us. I don't know if there's a biggest loser on this. I don't know if there's a biggest loon. I think we're all just loons on this question. Jacob's the the, the least loon. I don't... <laughs> I t- in his, in our in our def- like we weren't predicting him to go down with Tommy John surgery. Like that's that's a tough yeah. one on us. Like that's why like, I don't know. I, I feel like if you want to give us all points for that or give us a pass, I'm fine with either. It's just yeah, I think Jake was going to say the same thing. Like that's just tough to kind of predict. Yeah, I was going to jump in. Like I I don't know. I feel like if we're, if we're going to disqualify one prediction, I think it's got to be this one because... Well, look at the I'm, one under it. <laughs> I don't know. Before I... Oh, yeah. Okay, maybe that one too. But for this one, like, if he... Okay, maybe if he has a full season of, you know, not not severe elbow issues, he ERA is around four-ish. Like, it's not... I think we were predicting him to at least play most of the season, if not, you know, 75% of it or something like that. So... I don't know. I don't think we can really count this one just considering we didn't expect him to do or to miss this much time. We thought like, just like with Springer after that off season, hopefully we heard that he was doing a ton of work throughout the off season to improve his just general pitches and, and everything like that. So I, I think we all predicted a much better season or a much longer season out of Ryu and not have him unfortunately out after only a few starts. Well, I was going to propose that we give points to Bryson and I, because Jacob, you were the closest. So either we subtract a point for Jacob for for being the most correct, or we give Bryson and I points for being the least correct. I think that's the most fair. Either way, it doesn't really make a difference. I think you two should get one, because I don't know if my prediction about, what was the other one? The... My George Springer one, I don't really think I deserve to lose a point for that one. So Bryson and I There's a few more that I don't deserve to as well. So to update the loon meter, we're all tied at one apiece as we head into the next question, which as Bryson alluded to, is also pretty brutal for all three of us. Uh, We were predicting the number of appearances that Nate Pearson would make. Um, Bryson was the closest on this. He said that Nate Pearson would make 20 appearances. He said, quote, I need to see it to believe it. But you also said when he's in those 20 games, expect him to be highly effective. And then myself and Jacob, we look a little bit more silly on this. We said, I, I said 25 to 30 games. Jacob, you said 30 games. In actuality, Nate Pearson made zero appearances in the major leagues. Um, it was all either AAA or struggling through. At the start of the season, he had mono, and then he was dealing with a couple other injuries, and it's just a mess. And now he's in a Dominican winter league trying to figure things out. So this is a mess on all of us. We all look stupid. How do we want to count this in the points? Well, under this your logic from before, you two should get points then, because I was technically the closest. If we're you gonna follow should. that rule, I or, just again this well, is this is hard because we this was before the mono, like you said. He got injured again midway. Like this was this was another brutal one, I guess. But 
Anyways, you keep going. Well, I was going to say, I said 25 to 30. Jacob said 30. Oh, <laughs> so I you could argue you that I yeah. had a better guess. So uh, you, no. So the one conclusion is Jacob's for sure getting points here, regardless of if, yeah. if yeah. you're joining him. Okay. Well, here's the thing. You were the closest, but like... Well, I could say that I can argue close. the same thing with Ryu, with you. You weren't close either at 380. <laughs> <laughs> I stand corrected. We were all a little bit embarrassed here. <laughs> yeah, to this be fair, we all predicted. Us, so, yeah. we, we all predicted like even if he, assuming they were I healthy, think, what was it? I think he was supposed to miss a couple weeks to months with. That's Mono, how it started. Something yeah, like that. end of yeah, April. So then, we thought. Yeah, so I think we predicted he come back as a reliever. Obviously, nobody predicted the Kikuchi stuff and whatever. But if he so say he comes back, I don't know, like mid July or whatever, you could still, in theory, make uh, maybe not thirty appearances out of the bullpen, but you could. Make fifteen to twenty five. There's no justifying our predictions. Like we, yeah, were no, it was terrible. Wrong. Regardless, but like, there's no. <laughs> we still get a pass with the unexpected mono and stuff. But yes, it, technically, it does fall on us. But I'll let you two decide it. I know Jacob's getting points for I sure. Think and if Mark's decision, joining, him, it's your call. Do I get a point or no? Like, I want to try and follow what we did with Springer. So technically, we both got points for Springer, right? That's how we did it. So then, I think we should follow the same rule then. Okay, so both of us get points. Jacob and I are leading. We're both tied with two. Bryson, you're at one. We move on to our next prediction, which is Gabriel Moreno's Major League debut. It turns out it was June 11th against Detroit. Bryson, you were scarily close on this one, and I'm tempted to remove a point from you because you said June 13th, so you were two days off, uh, which was, I mean, kudos to you. I think that's the most impressive prediction we have on this episode, you said at the time, quote, you can't rule out the possibility that it could be a Cleveland Guardian by July. Of course, that didn't end up happening, but you were two days off. So credit to you. You avoid a point. Um, I was the next closest. I said May 31st. And Jacob, you were the farthest. You said June 27th. Um, pretty similar distance from the two of us. I was 12 days off. Jacob, you were um, 16 days off. So I think all of us deserve a little bit of credit on this one. We were all relatively close, especially after how egregious the last two predictions look with Ryu and Pearson. We look a lot better on this one. Um, but I think Jacob gets a point on this, right? 100% he does. Yeah. I mean, so I'll, I'll take it. I'm not going to disagree on that, but I feel like... Oh, here we go. We were all... No, no, I'm just saying, since we were all... right. Who was it? Who was in May 31st? That, that was, was Mark. Mark, yeah. okay. So... so that technically that's not in June, but like we can consider it like all three of us were within like a month spans. So it's not like we can say, Oh, we came up in September or whatever. It's like a call up. So I'll still take the point, but I think that we were all like within a month, which is close yeah, enough. We're all within 16 days. I will say that is like, I know you highlighted me about the guardian thing, but I'm pretty sure like a re- closer to that deadline is you and Jacob, especially were very favorable about, I'm not, not saying Moreno, but I'm saying a catcher in general was going to get traded. So I think that was kind of a, a notion throughout all of us throughout the year. So, but yeah, uh, I accept uh, Jacob's opinion on taking a point there and uh, I, I need an updated score now. We all deserve a little bit of a pat on the back for that, but updated count, Jacob, three points. He's in the lead for an award. None of us want to win. I have two and Bryson you have won again. Incredible prediction there, Bryson. Um, okay, this one also makes us all look a little bit stupid, as is the theme. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., home run total for 2022. Uh, 
Vladdy ended up with 32 homers, which, you know, was pretty good but compared to our guesses. It was pretty bad. Uh, I was the closest. I said he would have 45 home runs. Jacob, you were the next closest. You said he would have 50 home runs. And then Bryson, I hate to call you out like this, but you said he would have 53 home runs. You're the biggest loon on this question. Yeah, I got to jump in. I I take full responsibility. Jacob doesn't even get, like Jacob gets a pass for that too. Like we were, I don't know. Like I think we were all, like Vladdy was good this year. It's not like he was bad. It's just it wasn't 2021 Vladdy. And then me coming into the year thought he could have elevated that. So I don't know what his ceiling is. I don't know if 2021 was a ceiling or we still have yet to see more. But unfortunately, um, especially for my prediction, just uh, that breakout or elevation from 2021 did not happen. So I take full responsibility. I will take the the loon point on that one. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, I think the common theme here is we expected and the league expected a much better season out of just the entire Blue Jays. And it, it wasn't, it's not a bad season. Like when you win 92 games, you're almost at 93, almost at your your AL East division winning total back a couple of years ago or almost a decade ago. But like it was a good season, but I think the hype was maybe a little bit too much. Uh, or it was too high, and I think we were all sort of buying into it. But I don't know. At least I'm not wrong. I, I'm still surprised this at 50. Like I, I thought I thought I was going to be lowest there. I remember Bryson was the highest, but I, I just – April or whenever we made this back in in the in the spring, I I need to revisit that and think like what was I doing? Mark was the most like the least optimistic for that. Like we were both optimistic, but I was definitely like we I was one A, you were one B. Okay, so Bryson gets the point on that. Bryson and I are now tied with two points, and Jacob is the biggest loon right now with three points. Um, okay, that was it for our specific player predictions. Then we moved into general individual performances the first question we tackled was which blue jays will be at the all-star game and i think this is this might be a little bit hard to judge because there's a lot of names flying around here in reality it turned out that vladdy alejandro kirk alec manoa santiago espinal and jordan romano five blue jay all-stars um we all had vladimir Guerrero jr as an all-star and i think that's where the similarities stop so Bryson and I we both had Kevin Gosman as an all-star that didn't work out Um, I had Chapman (laughs) you also had Matt Chapman as an all-star that didn't work out Um, Bryson both you and I had Bo Bichette as an all-star that didn't work out Jacob you and I had Jordan Romano as an all-star that turned out to ignore my last one though And then Jacob, you did, oh my God! Okay. You did have Jose Barrios as an All Star, and I will call you out on this. At the time, you said, "quote I think it's fair to say that Barrios is going to have a season unlike one that we've ever experienced or one we've ever seen from a Blue Jay." And you specifically said that you weren't choosing Gosman to be an All Star because you thought Jose Barrios was going to be better. So. A little bit rough on that, I guess, for you. Although, to be fair, neither Jose Brios or Kevin Gosman made the All-Star team, so you can you can throw that criticism at, at us as well. But isn't my quote correct, though? Like, he did have a season unlike one we've expected. Or, oh, oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> like, okay it just well. wasn't, wasn't <laughs> good. It's just we, we didn't expect it. Okay, now he's going okay. <laughs> to <laughs> Okay, yeah, so... i loon point on that one. How do we want to calculate this? Do we want to... Like, m- most egregious... Most egregious prediction is Jose Barrios. So we could give it to Jacob on that. Or we can go player by player plus one for correct. 
minus one for wrong. I feel like we should do the most egregious because... Yeah, okay. like, I'm just trying to think. Hang on. You go first, Jacob. Well, I was just going to say, like, you can't really say that it's like a bad prediction saying Guerrero, Bichette. Like, those are kind of obvious ones, but I don't really know what I was thinking with Barrios. Like, if it's one that just was completely way off, then I think you, you get a point there. Yeah, my logic for, I guess, my biggest guy that was well I mean Teoscar Hernandez was pretty off too but I guess like entering the season I think that my biggest like surprise one was Chapman and I remember my logic for it as much as it still doesn't you know get me out of the, the woods with it I just I wanted to try and you know I know Jacob threw up a Rio so he went before me because he usually goes before me I wanted to try and get somebody out there that I didn't think Mark was going to predict and I guess I was definitely right on that even though <laughs> I don't think Chapman came close but to be fair he was very good defensively and all that. So, yeah, like, that was just my logic behind it. I don't think Chapman is was a bad prediction by any means. Like, he ended up, he, he was second on the team in homers, right, behind Vladdy. And yeah, if you factor in his defense and the fact that he played every day, like, honestly, I think that was a pretty fair guess. And if we're looking at it retroactively, like, if the All-Star game was at the end of the season instead of halfway through, I think Matt Chapman is a more deserving all-star than Santiago Espinal. And of course, Espinal ended up going to the all-star game, but Chapman didn't. So I honestly credit to you for predicting that because I think it's a pretty fair guess. Um, but okay, we give the point to Jacob for the most egregious prediction on that in terms of Jose Barrios. Just for full disclosure, the final tally for each of us, I said Vladdy, Bo, Romano, Gosman. Bryson, you said Vladdy, Teo, Bo, Chapman, Gosman. And Jacob, you said Vladdy, Springer, Romano, and Brios. Um, okay, the next one is a little bit embarrassing for all of us. We predicted which lead league-wide awards, meaning um, MVP, Cy Young, or Rookie of the Year, would the Blue Jays win, or a player on the Blue Jays win. And all three of us, it was a clean sweep. We all said Vladimir Guerrero Jr. would be the most valuable player. And of course, that did not happen. Um, he was nowhere close, or of course, we don't know the technical results yet, but of course, he's not going to be MVP. It's going to be Aaron Judge 1 and Shohei Otani 2, and who the hell cares who's number 3 because Aaron Judge is winning with one of the best off offensive seasons in baseball history. Um, I don't think there's much to say on this one. I think we all take a point on this one for being Agreed. very far from the truth. I'd be surprised if Flatty got any votes for MVP, so a standings update on the Loon Meter. Jacob leads with five points. Bryson and I are tied with three points. Okay, next up. Lowest starter ERA. Both Bryson and I predicted Kevin Gosman. I said Gosman was, quote, the clear runaway favorite. Um, Bryson, you said Brios will be right behind him. And then Jacob... You predicted Jose Barrios would have the lowest starter ERA. Um, you, to be fair to you, you said it would be by not much over Kevin Gosman, but you did say Jose Barrios would lead the team in starter ERA. We turned out all to be wrong. It was Alec Manoa with a 2.24 ERA, but Bryson and I are a lot closer than you were, Jacob. I can't believe I was so high on this guy. Like, it. Coming off of the seven-year You also overpicked for him in your fantasy draft. Yeah, I know. I was going to mention that for those. So I'm just going to get it out of the way. I made the conscious decision to draft Jose Brio second overall when who was still available? Garrett Cole wasn't available. It was Scherzer. You, I, Manoa. I think Pretty Cole was available. No, I think. I, I'll, I'll, I'll look over the, the order I, quickly. Because yeah. well, I, I know, got like, Cole and I think I drafted four. I, well, maybe you did. But 
basically pretty much everybody on the market was available, and I picked Jose Aaron Burritos. Judge. Yeah. Well, that was a... <laughs> but, yeah, no, that was... I'll tell you what. I'm not making these bad predictions next season. Like I can... Okay, I can throw... I'll throw out, like, five players that you drafted Burritos over. So... Um, I'm going to ignore Tatis because of the whole controversy. So, UK, I'll give you five guys right now. Shane Bieber, Giancarlo Stanton, Matt Olson, Manny Machado, Jordan Alvarez. Those are five guys you picked Brios over. Well, to be fair, I did get Stanton later. But, like, true, yeah, I know true. what I mean. That okay, was... so then Bogarts is probably after that then, yeah. This whole – I don't want to go into the whole fantasy thing because my team absolutely just was dog water. That was terrible. That was... But, it... oh, man. Like, this whole – starter thing like i don't know how no, none of us predicted manoa at all like i know the barrios one's kind of funny to look back on but i don't know it, well to be fair i guess manoa just had a much better season than we expected him to and i mean i'll take it he was one of their best and he'll probably be the opening day starter next season but again we, we i think we're all deserving of a point there maybe you want to give me an extra point Ma- okay. maybe so okay. here's the thing I we were all we were all that. wrong we were wrong i was just the most wrong so do you want to give all of us one point and you get two points? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like how do we – that's true. Because bottom line, your prediction was worse than ours. You deserve more of a punishment. Yeah, do that then. That's fair. Because like we were all okay. wrong, but I was just extra wrong. I will say this though. Like I think we – like it's no disrespect to Manoa. Like I think we all expected Manoa to take that next next level, and he did. He definitely did. It's just, you know, we were very – there was a, very excited with Kevin Gosman. And the one thing, too, is I think, and this was something that we touched on a lot this year about how it felt Go- Gosman was just one of the most unlucky pitchers in baseball. So you take away a couple starts where there was a couple of just, you know, unlucky play behind him. Perhaps the ERA is closer than we think. I still think Manoa would have led the way, though, because of how good he truly was. So I guess, you know, a little bit of a, you know, just a factor with how Kevin Gosman's ERA was a little bit higher than I think we all expected. And if you want to give Bryson and I a little bit of credit, if you look at FIP, fielding independent pitching, Alec Manoa had a FIP of 3.35. Kevin Gosman led the American League with a FIP of 2.38. So I know that's not the question, and it's no excuse for getting it wrong, but based off pure performance... I think it's debatable. At least you can entertain the conversation where Kevin Gosman is in the same realm as Alec Manoa, which makes it a little bit more embarrassing in hindsight. Um, a little bit less embarrassing in hindsight. Um, okay, the next question we t- faced was lowest reliever ERA. Turned out it was Jordan Romano. He had a 2.11 ERA, and he led the team, both starters and relievers, in ERA. Um, Jacob, you said Jordan Romano. You said you think his ERA will be below 2. A little bit off there, but still good. Bryson, you said Jordan Romano. You expected the bullpen to be a lot better this year than last year. I'm the biggest loon on this one. I said Tim Meza. Um, I don't know why I said that. I I thought I was going to be smart. He ended up with a 3.14 ERA. Um, at the time, I said, quote, we'll see if it pays off or if I look like an idiot at the end of the season. <laughs> and turns out I'm looking like an idiot at the end of the season. The one thing I will say and obviously I was not right fully on the ERA, but Jordan Romano's ERA was like 198, I think it was, up until that game, I think it was against the Orioles, the one where he came in, the one that you and I were at, where he just blew it. So up until like the last week of the season or week and a half of the season, my prediction was looking good, but I'll take this win. You know what? I predicted predicted it, and 
unfortunately, I'm going to say this again. This was another player that I drafted far too high. I think I drafted him actually before Kyle Schwarber because I was looking back at it. I was showing some people and then I drafted him before Kyle Schwarber, <laughs> which I'm just going to just going to put that out there. But you know what? I'll tell you what. Jordan Romano had a dominant season. Kind of sucks that it ended the way it did, but he's by far one of the top closers going into next season. Yeah, I mean... I just think in general with closers, no matter how good they are, like that's like I think it, I, I remember saying like that's way too high, Jacob. But you were a rookie this year, so I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. There's a lot of stuff you'll learn from, and I'll also at the same time though I will call you out for Jinxon Romano because I remember that appearance. You were taking videos of it and you were putting it all over you know social media, uh, the light show, and then we we know what happened the next inning. But I don't know. I just. I felt like, yeah, like I, I just, I remember I, I thought a lot of what you did at the beginning of the year about how he was just going to be that dominant closer um, in the Blue Jays bullpen and just the dominant reliever in general. So I'm glad we were good on that one. And um, yeah, I mean, Mark with Tameza, like I understood your prediction on that and he was definitely really reliable too. So I think we picked it. We all picked solid relievers, obviously for this prediction. At least we didn't pick like, um, uh, like a Trevor Richards or something, Mark, where you were trying to be, you know, creative on that. So yeah, I guess Jacob avoids getting a loon point there, so good for him. And uh, he'll learn not to draft the closer so high next year in the fantasy draft. Yeah, Jacob's getting a lot of fantasy criticism. I think I'm, a, despite my team, I avoided it because I played well in the playoffs and ended up in seventh. I'll tell you what, I don't know how much I learned because my hockey team might be 0-2 after this week. Although, to be fair, my points oh boy, were among the league leaders. So okay, well, we'll, well, we'll ignore uh, that. A standings update on the loon tally um jacob's at seven i'm at five brayson is in the lead at four um okay the next question we tackled was most stolen bases i think we all deserve a point on this because we all said bo Bichette, and it turns out it was george springer he led the team with 14 stolen bases although to be fair Bichette was right behind him with 13 stolen bases so I don't know if we all want a point on this or none of us get a point on this. Bottom line, for the math, it doesn't make much of a difference. It's just kind of the spirit of it. But I think, you know, to be fair, we were pretty pretty close to what the final result was. Jacob, before you go, I just want to say I want you to make this decision because this impacts you because you're in the lead. So it depends on how many loon counts you want to end with. You make the call. Ooh, okay. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, I think none of us get a point because I'm looking at the rest of them. I'm looking at the rest of them, and there's a, well, there's I think there's one more that I am I I know for a fact I'm not getting a loon point for, but the rest of them are a little bit, a little bit uh, suspiciously uh, awkward in terms of what I picked. So I think okay. none of us get a point. Okay, so none of us get a point because we're all just one stolen base off. So credit to us, we can pat our solves on the back for that one because we were relatively close but as Jacob alluded to the next one is rough for him um the next one is we predicted who would have the highest war on the team among any player uh Bryson you said Vladdy you were tempted to go with Bo but you ended up going Vladdy I said Vladdy um Jacob you said Teoscar Hernandez and I think this is just indefensible we were shocked when you said this and I think we're equally as shocked now. Um, the final tally, according to baseball reference, was Alec Manoa won. For Bryson and I, George Springer, or yeah, George Springer was two, Vladdy was three, Bobichet was five, and then Teoscar Hernandez, Jacob, was 10th, according to baseball oh, reference. Boy. And 
If you don't trust baseball reference, that's okay. Let's go to fan graphs. Kevin Gosman won. Bo Bichette, two. George Springer, three. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was eighth, so that's rough for Bryson and I. But Tejasker Hernandez, tenth again with 2.4 war. No matter how you shake this, Jacob, this is a really big L, and you've got to take a point on the loon meter. The only thing I will say is when you win back-to-back oh, no. silver sluggers, you got to at least anticipate something like this happening. And he missed, what was it, like 20 games at the start or something like that? Both of us were shocked when you said this, and this was at the start of the season. So we saw this coming a thousand miles away. Eh, okay, fair Even enough. if healthy, I don't think he was close. Like if yeah. Teoscar doesn't miss those games. Like but. to compare the totals, according to baseball reference, Alec Mano was 5.9. Teoscar Hernandez was 2.7. And then Fangraphs, Kevin Gosman was 5.7. Teoscar Hernandez was 2.4. So no matter how you shake it, he's a mile away from winning. I will take the L. I, I, have, nothing, I have nothing else I, to I'd say. I'd be willing to argue that Jacob deserves two points for this no, one. No, I, no, I deserve fair. one. I already, okay. I already voluntarily okay. took two. Okay, well, to put some, to put, I'll slander myself a bit. First of all, a lot of my reasoning was to follow what Mark did because of his prediction last year with Simeon. That's Second fair. Of I, will, all, I will take this moment to to gloat a little bit because I did predict 2021 Marcus Simeon would lead the team with war back when no one thought that was going to be the case, and I ended up being right. So I'll, I'll take my crown on that one, even though it was a big L yeah. on this one. And that was my logic. I said, okay, I'm, me and, I'm going to make sure I get the same prediction as Mark. And this whole... Like as you can see, especially from me, because I obviously I picked Vladdy. This whole prediction thing, from my view, was Vladdy was going to really be this breakout candidate. We didn't see it. Maybe we'll see it. I don't know. Uh, hopefully next year. But it just shows what my thinking was on this about how much of high hopes I did have for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But uh, yeah, Jacob, I do like that's the one thing from that episode I do remember is that we all like we were literally like going like that, and then we were like what? Like I just remember the how thrown off we were on that so you know good for you for taking credit for it and uh next year you're really gonna have to redeem yourself with your prediction i think out of all you have the most pressure next year for your war prediction i think next year is gonna be an absolute mess i don't like well the one thing i will say it can't get much worse than this but no i'm kidding like it needs to get a lot better like i think i think if anything this season like as a whole we know where this blue jay team currently sits we saw a lot of breakouts in 2021 2022 Still a good season, not entirely what we had expected it to be. So, I think next year we have a little bit more of an actual sample size to go off of. At least, well, at least for me, because God knows what I was doing back in April. Okay, that is it for the general individual performances. We move now to our biggest three predictions, and we all look really dumb on these ones. But um, the first is the ALE standings. We predicted the way it would shake out. The final results, as we're all familiar with, it was Yankees 1, Blue Jays 2, Rays 3, Orioles 4, Red Sox 5. Bryson and I, I think, on this one, we're kind of the biggest losers. Um, all th- To clarify, all three of us said that the Blue Jays would be first. Bryson and I said the Rays would be second. And then I said Yankees 3, Red Sox 4, Orioles 5. Bryson, you went Red Sox 3, Yankees 4, Orioles 5. And then, Jacob, you deserve credit on this one. You were the most correct. You went Blue Jays 1, Yankees 2, Rays 3, Red Sox 4, Orioles 5. So we all kind of take the L when it comes to the Orioles. But, Jacob, you predicted the success of the Yankees most closely. So I think you avoid a point here. I think Bryson and I 
will end up with a point. Although I will argue I was more accurate than Bryson because I, I went Yankees, Red Sox, Orioles instead of Red Sox, Yankees, Orioles. I'll take the full point on this one. I'll, I'll, I'll step in and I'll do it because yeah, okay. like the, it was the Red Sox were a disaster. Like, I mean, you finish like you go to from that prediction, of course, and you go to five. I know they got, they got a lot of, interesting decisions to make in the offseason but historically they've always been that team that can recover a year later so you have to put that into account but you also have to put into account again like Bogarts, Devers their deals are coming up it might look a little different like their team might look very different next year and the other thing that we're gonna have to really take account for next year is how we're gonna predict the Orioles I think that's gonna be tough because who knows if they take that next step who knows if they fall back down to what we've seen from them the last couple of years. So I think next year's ALE standings prediction might actually be even more difficult than it was this year. That's just my opinion. It's going to be, it's t- well, also one thing we need to consider, I, I, like, I don't really know how we're going to do it, but the schedule kicks in to be a little bit different next year. You're not playing the AL East as much. You're playing everybody. So you're playing, I think it's, there's certain teams where it's only one series against them. So I think it's like the Dodgers or whatever, like the NL West, something like that, where, you still you play them once instead of once every three seasons, so that's a little bit less than you're actually playing against your division. So we'll see. I think I still think the Yankees will be good. Well, if they're not good, that'll be a ridiculous shock. But it's going to be really interesting to see what happens next season when you're not actually playing your division as much. And I think who in the AL East will benefit from that the most? I don't know. I think I think they all will, but we'll see. And to me, that also affects the win loss record the most because. Now 100 games, you know, it's not as more of a bold prediction as it could be when you're playing every other team next year and you're avoiding the Rays and all that as much as you did in years past. So that'll probably, in my opinion, affect the win-loss record prediction the most. And to add to the complications, in addition to the mystery that the Red Sox are and the fact that the Yankees are probably going to be good again, you also have the Orioles who are, you know, making a run at it and probably going to, be in the mix. I don't know if I would say to win the AL East. I don't think they're quite at that step yet, but I think they are certainly going to be in contention for a wild card spot. So when you factor in those three things, then you start talking about the Orioles being among kind of that middle pack of like Rays, Blue Jays. Like, I don't know. This division is going to be a mess next year. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch, even though they do have less games against them. But bottom line, Bryson, you get the point on that one. The final update I'm going to give before we wrap this up with a couple two more predictions is that Jacob is leading with eight points. Bryson, you're at five. I am at five as well. So our second Jacob to last flinched. prediction. Okay. No, I, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> his, his magic number is zero. And uh, yeah, but this guy. We'll, we'll celebrate that at the end. Um, the next prediction we gave postseason run. Um, we all know how it ended for the Blue Jays, and it was very short. It was two games against the Mariners. We don't have to relive that now. I was the closest. I said the Blue Jays would lose in the ALCS to the Astros in seven games. Bryson, you were the second closest. You said they would lose in the World Series to the Dodgers in six games. Jacob, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Do you want me to say it, or do you want me to, or do you want you to say it? You take full uh, credit for so. it. I, a year after saying the Blue Jays would go to the World Series and play the Padres, which none of them made the playoffs in 2021, said that the Blue Jays would win the World Series in six games against the Milwaukee Brewers. And for context, Blue Jays swept in the wild card. Brewers were one game short of the wild card. Um, so, I don't know. I'll say this. I think 
if you didn't predict the Brewers, I would have said I would have offered me and you to take the loon points on this, but it's hard for me to have an answer because the fact that you picked the Brewers. So I don't know. I don't, you guys figure this one out. I really don't know how we're going to handle this one. The only thing I know is Mark's not getting a point. As much as you also predicted the Brewers, I don't. It, this was a tough one because of the Brewers' complications. I think it's pretty clearly Jacob who gets a point on this one because I'm in agreement. Not yeah. only does he say that the Blue Jays make it to the World Series, he's predicting the, that they win the World Series, which I feel like is a very dramatic step over you predicting just that they make the World Series. Like, I feel like that's a big step to take. Okay, that's fair. And then there's also the Brewers part of it, which I, I, I deserve some credit or some blame there as well because I did predict the Brewers to win the World Series over the Astros. So I do deserve some of the blame there, but I don't know, Jacob. I think I think this is all you. Sorry, Jacob. Oh, what was I thinking? Um, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't think, tell you. Actually, if I remember correctly, I feel like er, when we made this episode, I said something along the lines of, "I don't want to, I don't want to say that they win the World Series every year and be right once." So I'm be like, "Oh, I'm right once," but my my uh, like accuracy is extremely low. It's not only is my accuracy low, my prediction, uh, just. Raw predictions are bad too. So, oh my god. Um, Will you predict the World Series win again next year? Like, if yeah, if I had to ask you on October twenty second. See, here's where it's tough. What if what if they go out and make a big splash this free agency oh, yeah. again? He's gonna do it again. He's, he's gonna do it. I'm not. No, I'm not even. What I'm saying is, what if they do something big and that and we're in the same position as we are next year, where it looks like they're gonna be a hundred win team again. Well, or it looked like they're gonna be projected to be a hundred win team. That's what I mean. Like, do I predict it and do I get? one out of three years correct do i not predict it and and potentially get uh, or be proven wrong i don't know i'm not predicting anything the year you say they don't win the world series (laughs) they're gonna win the world series i'll tell you now i will i don't think i will ever predict the blue jays to win the world series it's just so tough and there's so much luck that goes into it i don't think you can ever say that they will win the world series it's just gonna happen and you're gonna be surprised yeah, I don't think baseball is really the one where you can give accurate odds. Like, I think it's just yeah. once you actually unless get you're to Trevor the... Plouffe. Yeah, well, uh, unless you're like, unless in a couple of days when we know the World Series matchup, then you can like actually predict it, but or at least make assumptions. But it's not like you can say on April eighth that the Blue Jays are going to win, or I mean, at least I did. But I don't think you can do that anymore. Phillies over the Astros in six games. Wow. I can, I but for Jacob, I can just see it. They're gonna get a left-handed at bat. They're gonna get velocity. They're gonna get two or three arms, and then we're gonna be at square one. And then you're gonna say they're gonna play, I don't know, from the NL. But I, I, I have very confident, a very confident feeling you're gonna predict the Jays again next year. Just give them one off season to get those targets. We're back at square one again with you. I think. All I will say is that's exactly what I think they need to get. I will say nothing further. I appreciate the blind optimism. I do. I really do. Okay. Um, so yeah, Jacob's already clinched. His magic number is zero, but he's at nine points. Bryson and I are tied at five. We go to the final prediction, which is win loss record. Um, the Blue Jays actually ending up with a 92 and 70 record. Jacob, I'm sorry, man, but you had them at 99, 63. I had them at 97, 65 and Bryson, you had them at 96, 66. Um, I think on this one, just so we don't end up with a tie, that Jacob gets two points, I get one point, Bryson, you go, don't get any, and then you are 
officially the smallest loon, the smartest, the least loon, loon. the least loon. I don't know what we want to call it, but uh, okay. So do we have I, any? No, I don't. I don't think I get two points. Like it's to be fair. Like we I'll let you all, two figure this one. Out. To be fair, I obviously I was the highest win total and I was the most off, but we were all within a couple of games. And okay, but the reason I say you get two and I get one is because I shouldn't get the same amount of points as you because you were more wrong than me. But at the same time, I need to get a point so that I no longer am tied with Bryson because he was more correct on this. And also, I think if we're like weighting this prediction in comparison to others, like the the final record holds way more importance than like predicting like George Springer over under game played. Like if you're ranking in the grand scheme of things, like this is like the prediction that we made. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. I just I don't understand why if you're at 99 you should have just predicted 100. That's what I would have done if I were. <laughs> and him. you you were trying to get him to get to 100. You were saying just I, do I, it. Just I go had a feeling I was. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't gonna do it. I, I'm glad I actually. That's pretty crazy. I'm doing the same thing I did in April. You should have done it. I don't know why you like 99. Like maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> no, not happening. Wow, the biggest loon. To no one's surprise is Jacob. He. <laughs> what do you mean to it. no one's surprise? <laughs> He takes Jacob, it by five Can you five read your points. final thoughts, please, for us? Uh, oh, man. You want me to read it or you want Mark yeah, to read it? Yeah, kind of. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, so where, where's the document at? Uh, so in, in the spring, in order to justify what I said, I said, quote, some of my predictions, they might seem a little weird right now, but just let the season play out and we'll see, end quote. <laughs> we let it play out. <laughs> and, and we saw. <laughs> and we saw. Oh, man. That was... I'm making predictions next season. I'll put it that way. I'll give you guys a prediction What right now for the offseason because I know this is something you guys have been going at since July. Freddie Freeman gets traded to the Blue Jays. No, no. no I'm okay, kidding. That's not stop happening. it. Okay. <laughs> That's not happening. Um, I'm not saying I'll, – I'll, I'll keep it very basic. I'm not saying who, but will a catcher be traded this offseason? Yes. Guaranteed. Well, I think we've all discussed this. Like, Mark and I got heat for it back in the, in the summer. But, like, it's going to happen eventually. If I'm consistent on one thing, it's the fact that the Blue Jays are trading a catcher. <laughs> I'm glad. I think we can revisit this now. because I, I think even one of our YouTube members said, now we can kind of revisit it. I was the least optimistic in the summer. But I will say that I think I was more op- like I was more confident that this was something they would address in the winter. So, I guess for you guys, I'll join you guys. I think, uh, I'm, I don't know who. I'm not saying I'm going to say it's, a, it's Kirk or Moreno. But, yeah, I think... You might have to package um, some assets in order to get what you need, right? So that's what they have. They have a depth. They have over depth at catching, and they need lefties. They need bullpen arms. They need arms in general. They're going to need probably another fifth starter. So I'll, I'll be with you guys on that one. Nice. Welcome to the correct side of the argument. Um. Okay. So the biggest loon is Jacob. The congrats, the least, Jacob. The least loon is Bryson. Um. This has been fun to unpack our predictions. We're going to be back here in how many months? Start of April. Opening day is, or I guess end of March, because opening day is March 30th against the Cardinals. So we'll be back here just before that. It is a little bit earlier. Uh, But we'll be back just before that to offer our predictions on the 2023 season. And we're looking forward to making fun of ourselves all over again a year from now. As always, you can support our podcast by going to patreon.com slash section138pod. You can check us out on social media. That's at section138pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. 
You can find us um, on YouTube. If you're watching this episode, you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. You can give us a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. If you have a suggestion for how we should spend the offseason and how we should spend the rest of the postseason creating content, please let us know on social media because we're always looking for ideas, especially now that there's not news coming around the corner every single day. Um, Okay, we'll catch you whenever the next episode comes out, whenever that may be. Until then, enjoy the postseason.